is Thursday, April 16th. Welcome, everyone, to Living Room Sports Talk. Here, McCauley, Zach Rothenberger, and we got the great Mitch Hiller here joining us in uh, the studio. I guess we'll do a two-man clap. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch, thanks so much for jumping on board with us. Hey, thank you. So it's funny. We've been we've been talking a lot of football, I feel like, on the show a lot. We, we haven't really tapped into the baseball circuits because, you know, the, the whole world has been deprived of baseball. So, like, I think we've just been kind of social distancing ourselves from like fun things, but um, no, this is great. So, so backdrop, actually, you know, Zach, I, I, I feel like I shouldn't be the one doing the intro. This is you, like you guys are boys. This is like, a, this is a great, like, like a thing that you signed up for, especially in a young podcast. This is great. So I'll let you take it away. Yeah. Um, Mitch Hiller is the, uh, he pitches on the uh, Irish national baseball team and pitches professionally in Germany for the uh, Mannheim tornadoes and uh, from Brooklyn, New York. And he's kind of been all over the place from an international perspective, uh, playing the game he loves and we're happy to have him on the show and kind of want to learn some more about it. And it's a very rich area for baseball. Of course, where, when was it that you fell in love with the game and like what age, what was it about it? All, I guess that, that whole story. Uh, Probably when I was four years old, I remember turning to triple play and the kids didn't even know what a triple play was or like what an out was. <laughs> I knew like all the rules and shit stuff. That's, so, okay. So you, and then I guess was it from there, you were just caught. You're just like, you were hooked on it. Yeah. I wanted to play it all the time. And then growing up and then I found when I made it to high school, I like, I was struggling to figure out like mental wise of being able to throw a strike. I couldn't throw a strike. I threw eight innings in freshman year with 20 walks. And then right before the next season in sophomore year, I like, it clicked for me. My coach got into the box, took the fear out of me. And then I was dominant ever since I had everything below one. That's great. And when did, uh, so were you always kind of, did you always want to be a pitcher or did you start off playing other positions? I was good at first base as well, Mm -hmm. but, my hitting, not so good. I'll probably hit, <laughs> I hit the ball really far in like every 15 in a bass, but I'll get out the rest of the 14 at best. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, Mitch. This was actually one of the, the things I was when I was looking over just some of the the doing our homework for lack of a way to put it for the show. Um, I found this stat really interesting. So you played JV your first two years of high school. Yeah. Now here you are in the pros, right? You had a hell of a senior year, right? So you were fourth, and in, 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 this is great. I'm going to pull up this graphic for one. So anyway, it's interesting how many public schools there are in the state. And you said, like, and you were the New York uh, Daily News all-star player. Like, like that's that's incredible. Like, to make that jump, and I guess my question is for you, like, right, a lot of people will, will kind of pull the Michael Jordan story, right, and say, like, oh, well, Michael Jordan got cut when he was in high school and now look at him right No, But like, this is a real organic story of someone that really did it. Like, yeah. so just, I guess, talk about that and just how like much, like what made that jump and, and who helped you and stuff too. I missed like the first half of what you said, because I like lagged out on my, my end. <laughs> You're good. Basically. I was, I was saying that like, you made that jump obviously from JV to, to yeah, varsity yeah. and the and New York Daily that. News. And then it started. Yeah, Oh, and I was saying, basically, people tell the MJ story, right? Like, at every tryout, and they say, oh, well, MJ got cut. And then, like, right, he made varsity later on in high school. But, like, yeah, like that story's been told a million times. Like, this is real. Like, you were JV for two years, and then you went to the pros. Like, <laughs> like that's that's an incredible leap, I guess. Like, what, what did you do to, to make that jump? Um, just focus and determination. Like, I never gave up myself. I didn't let anyone, like, 
I would only put positive thoughts in my head. I don't want to let the people who say I can't do it be there because they're not the ones doing it. I'm the one doing it. So how would they know how much I want it or not? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. That's definitely uh, it's definitely tough to block out all, all that negative noise for sure because it seems yeah. like in our world sometimes there's more negative than positive. Uh, what, what, what like helped you kind of do that? Was it just your mentality? Was it like your family or – were you just kind of like staying to yourself or like reading certain books or doing? Well, I just finished the book. Um, just tell me I can't by Jamie Moore. Okay. It, uh, his whole career story of his life. And he went from downhill and not knowing who he was at 29, found himself through this psychologist called, um, uh, I can't, I can't was, think of his name right now. Was it Bob Rotella? No, no, no. Okay. He's was like, Joel oh, fish, was it? No, no. He was okay, a legendary uh, sports psychologist and like reinvented the game of pitching and the way to think and hit and then pitch as well. Mm. Harvey Harvey Dorfman, I think it is. Okay. And he just his mentality of towards breaking down of each player allows people to tap into their own instinct. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you talk about you know, you're fresh, you're like, great. You're having, like you said, con- command problems. That's a hard mountain to get over. Right. It's easy for people to sit like fans like us to sit there and be like, Oh, well he got over it. Right. Like, yeah. but to break that wall down yourself and do the hard work and like, like what, I guess, just take us through that process. Like what does it take to, to get over a hump like that? Because a lot of people that will watch us are, are young kids watching baseball pitchers that are, you know, like I said, trying to get to that level. So I guess like, what, what does it take to get over, a, a, like I said, a, like a hump like that? Like you, you set goals for yourself. You do it one pitch at a time. You can't think about the whole season and you can't overlook into like each statistic after every game. You just got to focus on making sure you get that one better out that inning. Don't get behind, throw three balls, unless you know you want to throw that kind of count to a 3-2 count to get that batter there so you get them into your advantage. And then understanding the what works for you and based on statistics, getting ahead. As long as you're throwing strikes, you, you're giving yourself a better chance than walking a person. You'd rather want to let your team make the play than to walk a person, and then it's all on you. And then they get more comfortable because you have to come to their zone. And then you have to battle with the umpire because you're not throwing strikes. So you have to go over more of the plate first, getting more of the plate for yourself when you're spotting up and hitting your you're moving the, the box around and expanding the zone see that that's more than i ever thought i, I mean i pitched in little league and all i did was throw throw a heater down the middle every time yeah. <laughs> down yeah. the middle every time so this is, this is eye-opening yeah <laughs> um so, so yeah well, going I, off that is there like a like growing up was there like your go-to pitch like did you like to throw was it like a four-seamer did you throw a curve or, or what do you like what's your go-to in high school, my curve was the go-to because, like, no one in high school can hit a curveball. So you yeah. just throw curveball, 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 and it was working. But it didn't help me mechanically-wise and being able to get better as a pitcher to be able to stay strong because based on the biomechanics, you're not supposed to turn your hand in. You're supposed to turn your hand over. It's more natural to pronate than those coming oh. into the ball. That's why football players never get hurt. Okay. Yeah. See, I never, 
I never thought of that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You never think of quarterbacks having Tommy Johns and like things like that. Yeah. That never happens. No. I'm like trying to visualize how it would throw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you, you started doing that, like in my head, I looked down at my like wrist there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's more okay, naturally. So, so you have an amazing – like, so you end on a hell of a note on, on, in your high school career. So you go to Concordia in, in New York, just uh, – I guess it's, like, right a little bit north, um, like, kind of like in the Westchester area of New York. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, so, okay, so you – and you win Rookie of the Year. So, like, you kept this hot streak going, like, into college, right? Yeah, yeah. I got I got hot. And then the next two years, three years, I was going through, like, injuries and stuff and get, kept getting hurt not feeling comfortable with myself and then by my fifth year after i finished my first my four years of college i went and didn't finish my fifth year and found out i had a uh injuno hernia on my right side yeah mm. yeah that, that so just sounds really I painful the, i had the surgery in october of my fifth year and then after that i like never had any arm problems since then wow, wow. So how long do you, did you have the hernia or do you I, not know? Possibly three, four years. Like it could have developed. Probably in, during that, in that spin. College, yeah. When I started lifting more weights. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, is that common, right? Like when you see, I mean, I guess, right, you're going through your career, so it's hard to like, yeah. you're not sitting there taking like inventory of like everyone else going on with like their injuries. But is that common, right? Like for high school, college to see like those types of injuries? Well, um, one of the pictures I got it, it was Justin Verlander. He had it all. If he didn't opening up and closing. Hmm. So is there any like preventative measures you take you take now to try to help fight that, you know, that possibility of getting hurt again or yeah. A whole like new workout plan I've been doing with uh, a place in the city with Urban Wellness Clinic and then the strength and conditioning coaches of Ireland's national team and the Mannheim Tornadoes. So I figured out how to use more brace of my core and learn more more about mobility than just trying to like lift as much weight as I can. Right. Lift so it's about form and mechanics than being the ego person with the lifting weights and the belt on. Oh yeah, we've all seen this. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and so you highlighted some of your professional career, right? So you pitched for the Irish national team, which, hey, you know, my name's Kieran. Like, like, love that. Like, you kidding me? Like, <laughs> the fact that I didn't bring Guinness, like, in a, like, you know, for this show is like, I should have been Mojin, bitch. Like, I mean, if you weren't in training right now, I would have probably done it, you know. But, uh, <laughs> no, but, I, okay, so I guess, I, well, there's a million ways to, I guess, start asking questions about your Because I finally get to, like, make money on my skill. Like, people that develop skills over the years, they want to, try to make money off of what good they do and then provide for the youth as well. Cause I know I'm going to have an impact on the kids growing up because they look at me as like an idol. Yeah. There's, there's nothing better than that, you know, and giving back. And I know you, and yeah, brother, that's, that's, a, that's a big fields. statement. Like what, what is it? I mean, that's gotta be a really cool, I mean, right. Cause right. We've all, all three of us are sitting here and we've all watched baseball growing up, right. We've all yeah. watched the Mets, the Phillies, all of our teams. Oh, Mitch, I didn't mention this. I'm actually a Marlins fan. Like, so you think <laughs> the Mets are a tough life? I you swear, ex- Zach grew up with me. Yeah, yeah, we can we can talk about that. I got a lot. Were you excited that uh, Gita took it over? 
You know, I actually am. But I mean, you know, that's seriously like saying like I've been trapped in a jail cell and they're like, oh, they got a new warden. You excited? And I'm like, I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I just like I haven't eaten in like two months. Like, so I'm enjoying a piece like, of bread. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's a new stadium, look at, but uh, we can't yeah. produce any uh, talent. Yeah, it's, it's it's really not good. I knew it's got to turn sooner or later. Did, it's when I thought I knew the roads would somehow lead to the Marlins like ineptitude, but I didn't think it'd be twelve minutes. <laughs> but I'll tell you, but right, like, like we won't watch watch. Fi- You can watch the fish as they hit home runs into the into the pond. <laughs> yeah, like are they calling you? I mean, come on now, like at this point, like I, like, they, like I mean, that's wrong. Like please, like they need like at this point, we need help. Like I, I've seen your highlights. Like I see that arm. Like we need something positive on a roster. People that produce outs. Yeah, there wins. we go. But but I'll ask you. So right, you watch baseball on TV your whole life. You like you're saying before we jumped on the show, you're a Mets fan. Um, which my whole mom's side of the family right now, they're watching, they're cheering, they're going nuts just because yeah. you know they hate the Yankees and everything Bronx related. But right, like I guess who did you watch growing up that you idolized, and like what got you? Uh, like, is there any pitcher I guess that you like have mirrored your game after? Uh, Johan Santana on the Mets. There you and, go. Okay. And Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee was the first one, and then I watched Joe Hant. So, I, like, I had the good curveball. I thought I was, like, Cliff Lee had tried, worked on the curveball. Then I started watching Joe Hant, and all he threw was a fastball slider and a changeup. And he had a successful career after that. Yeah, he was a Phillies killer. I remember watching those games. And whenever we were, whenever you guys had Santana on the mound, I, uh, it was not a yeah. fun time for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and even with the Twins before that, he was a monster. Yeah. He was just yeah. locked in. Like his whole like approach to the game was just locked in from the beginning to the end. Just once he was on the field, he was just that mentality. He he wasn't a flashy guy either. He was just strictly business yeah. and, and he meant it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Did you get over to Shea to watch him throw a couple times back in the day? I actually when I was uh at the Brooklyn Cyclones, I seen him throw. No kidding, really. Yeah, over cool. at Coney Island? Yeah, I've seen him okay. there, and I've seen him a few times at uh, City Field, not Jay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, okay, so now you're in the pros, right? So you're all right, you're on the – so you're – like, correct me if I'm wrong, so I was looking at these notes. So you pitch for Puerto Rico and for Ireland as well? Yes. Okay, and then – so – Playing indie ball, I played for the, the Puerto Rico team, but we were considered the um, rover team because they didn't have a, a field yet in Puerto Rico. So the first year I was there, we were traveling to Old Orchard, Maine, Plattsburgh, New York, and SUNY Sullivan. And we were traveling every three to five days. And then we traveled oh. seven-hour car rides to each place in the Triangle. Just going oh, my gosh. For two months. <laughs> Can you – right, well, paint – that's going to say, paint that picture, because, like, that's – like, I couldn't do that. Like, I mean, my God, you're doing your that three – and. Right. It's easy for us to sit here and be like, oh, well, like you're a professional pitcher now. It's it's that's that it's all good. Yeah. It's like you're going for your dream at that point. Yeah, I think you develop a different mentality when you're playing indie ball versus signing as a five hundred thousand plus um player in the affiliated ball because you're you have that talent, they already know that. And then you can uh what you call it, you can um, they treat you to come right in if you don't do your job. 
so it's almost like the like the hunger games of baseball basically mm-hmm. you know you really have to to chase the dream and have that passion and, and that focus like, yeah. like you've been talking about the mental aspect of pitching which is phenomenal and that's something a lot of a lot of younger players probably need to hear too it's not all glitz yeah. and glamour you know to get that's, where you want to be yeah it's the difference between any ball and affiliate because you get your your time span with the amount of money you make but indie ball you get paid per game and that's it and if you do or don't do good they send you home and then next player comes in so how do you deal with that pressure i was about to say how do you deal with those nerves like my god um i it's like you gotta say like fuck it and just play the game because you love it like you got you can't control them making the decision you can only control yourself producing yeah at the end of the day you you determine your own destiny right and you mm-hmm. secure your own fate so who who better trust than yourself yeah and uh, it's funny so mitch we have a we have a live chat going too so like we'll have commentary from the viewers and stuff and they'll they'll, they'll phone in some questions so i guess we have some new york people that want to know what what what's your borough uh in new york and i know we talked about like before off air but uh-huh. what they want to know they hear the new yorker in you uh brooklyn there is that guides if you know if you know about the the christmas lights oh yeah that's the dyke height lights oh yeah you gotta go there ryan took me there mrs brother good time yeah or (laughs) yeah you know it's i I need to hear some pizza is that the spot yeah well it was the spot but now like there's so many more better pizza places all over new york city now Okay, so I need I need to know this. We're we're completely detouring from the from the interview notes here. Where's your go to spot in Brooklyn? Ooh, I don't know. It depends on what you want. What What's that one place? I know Ryan to them. Yeah, <laughs> it's it right across the street from the bank, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah that's it. Yeah. It's really good, like fresh thin crust oven pizza. It felt like you're eating it. A homemade Italian pizza. Yeah. I do Nutella pizza there too as a dessert. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, like I'm about to go drive two hours there now. <laughs> With the bar, you're just going up there. <laughs> We're just going to really fight through it for that pizza. I'm yeah, telling yeah, you, it's hey, worth it. They yeah. have really good muscles there too. Like it depends on like what you you want. Like if you want Middle Eastern food, you go to a halal cart, the halal guys in 14th Street in the city. If you want good indian food you go to an indian restaurant like you have so many different choices of where you want to pick you can just walk in the matter of 10 minutes you have every different type of food you want all right so we're both going to go up there mitch and we're going to visit you and, and we're going to do a, a food tour <laughs> yeah yeah a food crawl because yeah. you know we're too old to drink now at this point where we get hangovers for like weeks so you know uh-huh. yeah we'll do a food crawl yeah um, a, a, a gyro spot gyro spots are good or a hero. Oh, yeah, now we're talking. Get a little Greek sack, what do you say? Yep. I just ate dinner, now I'm getting hungry already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, yeah, we don't get these spots here in Malvern, PA, Mitch, if you can believe it. You know, <laughs> we don't get the pizza like you do up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, right, okay, so you so you pitch uh, now, like you said, you're out in Germany in the, the Bundesliga, right? For yeah. It's almost like the soccer league, but right, for baseball as well. Yeah. So, um, I guess, so you said you were on the Mannheim Tornadoes. Uh, and what's it like pitching out there in Germany? Pitching in Monum is the first like professional team there, so it's like the New York Yankees of Germany. Oh, and that's cool. awesome! Yeah, they've won like the most um, championships there, and their um, traditions of the way the play- game is played it varies based on each organization. So when we played in in 
Heinerheim. The fans have like all these like chant makers and stuff, and like we're chanting. And it felt like you're at like a protest, but it wasn't. With their tune on the <laughs> they had like the the walk the what you call it the like the gazoo or the, is that yeah the, yeah <laughs> yeah that's right. Like you were telling us screaming and yelling. That's so cool. Yeah, you were telling us before the show about how the fans over in Europe, like the way they are with their sports, is just so different versus yeah. uh, the United States. Yeah. Yeah, so what so they're more passionate or, or how are they? They just laugh yeah, all the time. Passionate they... in the game from the first inning to the last inning. Like the the people in Heinerheim just were locked in. From the first pitch was thrown, they were just making noises, cheer and cheer oh, and cheering so cool. the whole entire time. So it was like twenty degrees out. <laughs> uh, I've I've told Kieran some of those stories. Yeah. I was about, I the still famous Bills guy. Where he goes shirtless and then belly flops into a mud pile. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That was the first thing we saw when we pulled into the stadium. So yeah. it set the tone for the for the game, I would say. <laughs> so okay, let me ask you this, Mitch, because right, you're so you're obviously more than just a baseball guy, right? You're a football fan, etc. So I guess right, did you play any other sports growing up that like kind of helped you with your baseball career? I bowled as well and got scholarship money to do that. I played street basketball, street football, and didn't have a good turnout with street football because I lost my two front teeth when I was just turned 18. Yeah, wait, what, what is street oh. football? Hold on. Yeah, like, like just... tackle, <laughs> like in the park, you know, with your friends. Okay, all right. I was just like, NFL street. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is in a way. Yeah. Without hopping <laughs> on, just playing it in the park. So how do you lose the two front teeth? Is it like a face dive into the ground? Or? No one, no, I don't know what happened. No one knows like how it happened. <laughs> Still don't know the story. It's just, I got up. I was like, oh man, my teeth, like I don't feel good. And oh. my teeth were pushed into my mouth and oh. they were just broke in half basically and they couldn't fix anything. Oh no. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, I guess it, it, it set you up for, for your like, toughness for on the mound, I guess, right? Like, like, <laughs> To, to, to try, I guess, find some silver lining in it. Yeah. Um, but I guess, all right, so as a, as a pro, so I'm looking at, so I was looking at some of your stats. So when you were on the Irish national team, you had a, a stretch where it was nine uh, strikeouts over nine innings, zero r- runs allowed. Like, you were on a tear at that point. Yeah. I just, like, the, the pride, too, brings a lot into it. Like, people wanted to be there. They all want to be there. The drive. It all fuels you, and then you have the crowd of at least a thousand to almost three thousand people at a at a game. You're representing a whole country. It's a whole completely different mentality than um, being paid as a professional athlete. My adrenaline's pumping just hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> What's it like? Is international competition like completely? You know how like people will say when we watch like interviews, they'll say, "Oh, like playoff hockey is different than re- like the regular season." Or is like international baseball just like a different breed of what you played in? It's like international hockey as well. Like you see the pride that each each country has. Like Canada versus USA, it's a big game. Canada versus um, what what other hockey teams are there in Europe? Yeah, Finland, Sweden, Russia, uh, Sweden yeah. too, Russia, mm-hmm. yeah. Canada versus um, Sweden, big games like USA versus Russia. You've seen those movies on it now. Yeah. 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 That's what we were saying. We were talking about uh, Miracle on Ice and just how much it means. It means so much more when you're playing for a country, you know, yeah. like you just said yourself, the pride, the fans. And yeah. Yeah. And um, you're dual, dual citizen, right? So you have citizenship in Ireland as well. So that, yes. So that means even more for you personally, too, you know, obviously. Yeah. 
yeah, that's the only cool. way you can play for a country in Europe is you have to be a dual citizen and then you have to get your passport for the country. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Right pretty now. strict rules for it. Mm-hmm. Well, say, so we're joined by Mitchell right now, professional baseball player, professional pitcher um, on Team Ireland, and, and also, like I said, over in Germany um, for the Mannheim Tornadoes. So, so it's, it's funny. I actually heard this once probably a couple of years ago about uh, professional basketball over in Europe, and there was a – cap's probably the, the poor word to articulate it, but there's a cap on, like, American players that would be on mm-hmm. those leagues, so maybe only two people. Is it the same thing for baseball? Yeah. You're only allowed two imports and one uh, – uh, foreign pitcher so they have two games usually every week and the first game is usually the domestic players and then the second game you have the the foreign pitcher but the domestic uh, first the two games they're only allowed two foreign or outside of uh european passport to play in the games and is that like like, are you like a big signing over there? Like, you're the American pitcher. Like, you're like you're that guy. Like, is that like a big thing over there? Um, because they don't really they're new to baseball, and baseball is the the American sport. It is a big impact because the the knowledge I've learned and played, I grew up playing it my whole life, so I can bring it to their programs and help their kids as well, and their youngins. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Making make an impact like that in another, in a, mm-hmm. you know, foreign country with kids and just the, the country as a whole. Yeah. That's great. Cause they create clubs. It's not like team organizations. It's called clubs now and mm-hmm. it like represents each city and they have all these kids join and they want us to like help teach them and then grow their programs as well. So I enjoy it. I was going to say, like, what's that like to, to like, because, right, you're not, you know, we all sit here and be like, America's pastime. If it's not that big in Germany, like, what's it like to be at that base level introducing the game to these kids and families and stuff? That's got to be awesome, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of the kids that are are there, they have the passion and watch it all the time as well. And they've learned it from their parents as well. Having some, sometimes the military parents stay there, so they get taught, taught it as well over there first but they don't have the same experience as a person in the states who played independent or professional baseball that played at the higher level or played college baseball already yeah so you're essentially like uh you're like a roger clemens to the kids over, over there basically and making an impact anyway yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you can't do a yankees reference come on now We'll say Johan. We'll say Johan. Yeah, he's like Tom Seaver <laughs> over there. That's that's what he wants to hear. Maybe maybe a Bartolo. <laughs> there right, you go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Mitch. I've always been interested in this. So, well, because I, I I decided to stop pitching at the, the, the ripe age of sixth grade. So I have a lot of questions been on my mind since then. <laughs> no, but really, the, the first one I have is I'm almost going to analogize it to a songwriter. Right there, they they go on tour. They and but they also have time to write their songs. Like as a pitcher, right? You're out there on the mound, you're throwing your games, you're working on the pitches you have in your repertoire, but when is it time? And like, how do you create a new pitch, right? How do you create that repertoire? How do you like kind of juggle that whole thing? I guess. It comes down to confidence and it's a matter of just working at it, working at it and then figuring out what works best for you. Cause each person works 
differently. Like Mariano can't teach his cutter to every person. Like his just naturally happened, became the best cutter that mm-hmm. any pitcher ever threw. Mm-hmm. Same as um, what you call it, Frank Viola, sweet music, sweet Viola, yeah. had uh, the best changeup and just dominated with this changeup and World Series with the the Twins. It's a matter of figuring out what works best for you. And the when I finished with Jamie Moore's book, he was afraid to throw his changeup and his curve, uh, his cutter. And throughout his career, he depended on certain things that made him successful. But at that higher level, didn't work for him. Mm-hmm. So he had to change his craft, figure out something new, and reinvent himself. Like pitchers and hitters are always reinventing themselves on each pitch or on each at bat hitters make the adjustment every at bat. They get three, four or five at bats in a game. Those five at bats can complete completely different approach. They can like slash a bowl or something like work for a bowl away. And I think of that, like what is his approach for that at bat? So you're almost kind of thinking about your, about your game plan and then also what he's thinking and try to mesh yeah. the two. Yeah. So, so going what you were saying about working on your repertoire, um, it sounds like there's a lot of repetition and kind of muscle memory to those to those pitches when you try to master them. So, how do you, being a pitcher, obviously you want to kind of limit your pitches you're throwing every week so you don't kind of burn yourself out or in, injure yourself. So, how do you mix that in with the, your training program to make sure that your arm is good and fresh, and you still get enough repetition? Quality, quality over quantity. Okay. You got to focus in and make those whatever amount of pitches that I focus on with 20, 50 pitches for that time, I had to focus in and make those pitches as close to perfect, but not make myself frustrated or go crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. So I'm, I'm sitting here. I, there's, I got like nine different questions about Brooklyn. I want to ask you here, Mitch, but I, I guess, you know, it's funny. I don't know why I love like, just from probably my family background a little bit. I love that you're a Mets fan and I love how Zach's just like at some point uh, hinted before we jumped on the air about the Yankees uh, <laughs> to which disgusted you very much. So, so like, I don't think people, especially for our kind of more national audience who might not know as much about the, the New York rivalry, like what is it about you guys? Like, cause right. People might not realize and say, Oh, well, you know, you're not in the same league, American national. So when one team's out, the other team must root for the other New York team, like that whole yeah. thing. No, it's the furthest thing from it. So I, I, don't try to down them because they're a great organization. They're very successful and they create athletes to go on to other teams that produce championships. So they're not, it's just that rival that you grew up like, uh, we don't like the Yankees because I'm a Met fan or the Yankees don't like the Met fans because the Yankees are better than the Mets. And the statistically they, it shows it. So as you can tell, I got my, my Brooklyn Dodgers uh, hat on here. So did it have something to do also like from a historical perspective when the Dodgers left Brooklyn and it was kind of like, all right, who's our team now? Like we're going to go for the Mets or was it yeah. just like in general? Okay, I think that's a lot of the reason why okay. they, instead of just jumping to the Yankees then they had the new Mets that came mm-hmm. along and the Mets won it in 69. They're like, oh, wow. They look like a solid team. They're a bunch of ballers back then. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the history has been going around. And you see the Yankees <laughs> put on that hot streak in, in the thousands with Jeter. 
Yeah. Well, it makes you feel better. Our chat seems to be more Mets fans than, than Yankees fans. So they're showing their support for you. Um, but I'll tell you, so I've always wondered this uh, too, like as a pitcher, um, like, and especially in your career, right. You've been like, you probably tap into so many different minds and in your career, right. You've been in a lot of different places, had a lot of different coaches, like seen a lot of different people. Like, so how much has that helped you evolve your game and, and just like, just like I said, your pitching repertoire and like, I guess all of that in general, just from tapping into so many minds. Um, it, it takes practice. Like you have to keep going to each, you can't just focus on one mind. You have to go to all the different minds and then you create your own, uh, what's, what's it called? Uh, almost like a book of what each type of technique each person has or each reaction they have to certain pitches. And then you can go from there to know what makes you successful. And kind of blend, blend all of them together to, uh, yeah. to find your specific recipe, if you want to call mm-hmm. it. We play that mental game with them. Mm-hmm. And most yeah, of the time you can catch them doing the same mistakes over and over. Mm-hmm. If you get a hitter with an ego. There's a lot of I'm them. taking I'm taking notes here. You know, Mitch, I didn't even tell you. I'm I'm actually our uh you know adult rec league slow pitch softball pitcher on okay. our team. So you know, I was actually at some point gonna ask you, you know, you um, hitters, it creates a better memory because you're writing it down, you're remembering it in, in your head. And this one hitter that I was on my team, but then was on my other team the next year after in Indie Bowl, and he knew how to hit me. He sat like he was a lefty hitter, he was a lefty lefty. And the first time I faced him, like he was crying on the play. So I threw him up and in, got him in the hand, but it hit the the handle and he played it off that hit him. So he got on base. Then the next year around came again and he knew to sit away on me and just smoked the ball for a double <laughs> off of me. But the thing is, he kept the book and watch the sequences that each pitcher had and that would force me to throw a certain pitch in that certain count. So it's amazing how much of a game it's, it's like a card game almost between a, the batter and the pitcher. It seems yeah. like a lot more than I ever, than I ever thought. It's like the first few pitches is a pawn mm-hmm. and then you get that King to checkmate him. Right. Well, that it's funny. That's one thing I've always been curious about, right? I hear, I remember when I was younger hearing Chase Utley, for example, they would say he'd get there at noon, seven hours before a game, and watch film. You know, baseball is not maybe the first sport you associate with film, right? You think football, basketball, et cetera, but like it's yeah. very much, if not more so, so important in your sport, like you said. So, like, I guess paint us a picture of like watching tape and how important that is for a baseball player. Um, I try not to watch tape. It depends on the the person, what works best for them. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you need to watch tape every day of yourself or some person that you aspire to be, then go ahead and do it. And you feel like it's working for you. There's also, you can watch it once and you have that visualization in your head. Your mind can manipulate to do what your body wants it to do. Instead of just watching the same video over and over you can um you start to become stuck elite like if you watch it and then let your mind free it allows you to develop new things possibly good possibly best that risk that you take yeah because there it's almost like if you it's almost like studying for a test sometimes you study too much you kind of you go overboard you end up bombing the test whereas sometimes if you know 
kind of with, with film, if you too watch too much, much you overthink. <laughs> not me personally, but I've heard that. <laughs> Someone does out there. Not us. Yeah. Not here. I can promise you that, Mitch. This is not that, <laughs> this is not that environment. No, <laughs> so, so I got to ask you a question, Mitch. So as we all know, the whole Astros sign-stealing scandal – so, and you, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but if, if you're a pitcher in the league, how do you handle that when you, when you face one of those, those batters from the Astros, whether it's spring training or regular season, what's going through your mind or does it matter? I would make them absolutely afraid to step in the box and then just make them look stupid. Like they shouldn't even belong in the box. Okay. There we go. <laughs> By throwing what? in. Yeah. Yeah. Just make them absolutely shitting themselves. Mm. I was going to say, so like, a lot of people maybe something don't know like that. Randy Johnson's kind of mental movement. There you go. Just get big on the bump and. No, no, when Randy Johnson threw at that one guy to scare the crap out of him, and then he just made him look stupid after the next three pitches. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and and let me ask you this, Mitch. So, because right, a lot of people that didn't play baseball, right? They don't like the whole like baseball code. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate. One of our folks or one of our friends, not folks, one of our friends, Chad actually caught in college, before, but he couldn't make it on the show tonight. Um, but I want to, like, he talks about that before, you know, moving the whole Astros thing was a storyline, right? Like what's the, um, I'm trying to think like, right. Like what's the code there? Like is a lot of people will say like, Oh, well, everyone knew what was going to happen. Like when the season started, if we had had a season, like start off normally, like, right. Like if you're in a lot, like, is that a thing? Uh, you're a cheater. You're, you're not going to be treated the same respect. Like, there's no respect if you're cheating. And baseball, baseball has its own unwritten rules that you take care of to let people know not to cheat. It's the same thing as uh, Butley, Chase Butley. <laughs> <laughs> Butley. So we got a question in the chat. Now, this is a good one. Someone wants to know how hard do you throw? How hard? Uh, I think I've touched ninety, but I usually sit. 88 somewhere 86 88 with a ton of movement okay a healthy movement and you know we i feel bad i've been asking you like oh about your your pitching repertoire like what other pitches do you have like if you're going out there what's what's if i'm playing a video game and i got mitch hiller i'm controlling like what pitches do i have to play with well you got a, a four seam that tails a two seam that moves uh or moves sinks in a way that i could throw a slider that goes like a frisbee or it can cut down a little bit and then a curveball. It's just like whoopy, get me over. Oh shit, like he can throw this different angle. And then mm-hmm. the change up that's just like they'll just swing over it every time or just ground out and look stupid. I can throw a change up three straight pitches, get them frustrated, and they'll just swing over it every single time. <laughs> it's almost like a screwball at times. Mm. It's fine. I love, I like, I love also just like seeing in your eyes, you can tell, like get, you can see the rush it is like for you to get like, just to, to be like one step in front of everybody. And just like, like I said, working it, like how good does that feel? Like when like that rush to strike someone out and just like you said, either looking or, or, or swinging <laughs> just that feeling. I don't, I don't think about the rush. I just focus on the task at hand. Like I use it to my advantage. I don't think about the, the rush that I'm having or anything. I just try to stay composed and focus on get that first pitch in there, do that pitch to that way. Mm-hmm. Like I don't try to overthink it. I just try to flow with the game. And I've been called the free, free flow Rojo on the Irish <laughs> national team. Cause I just go in there and just flow with the, the game and get, get the outs that I need. 
There you go. And, and that's another nickname you have, right? El Rojo. Was that from the uh, Empire League? Yes. Or you, or the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How'd that come about? <laughs> well, I was playing with the Puerto Rico Islanders, and the majority of the players were from Puerto Rico, and the majority of them spoke Spanish. Mm. So they started calling people- me El Rojo. Yeah. The people in the chat, by the way, Mitch, right now, we got Baseball God 109 asking, hashtag show the hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that. There we go. That's a mess. <laughs> look at that. That's the last thing people see when they're going to the batter's box, right? Just, oh, I love, or not the batter's box. She's the, I was going to say the dugout. <laughs> I swear, this is what happened. You know what? You can empathize with me, right? You, you, right now in your world, it's like 1.41 in the morning, and, and we worked corporate America jobs before this, so my mouth's falling down the stairs. So you're right. Yeah. Everyone, everyone wins. So you know, that's, that's another thing. You're, you're in a you're like I said you're going through right now you're practicing like I said going through what is it like you said 130 140 in the morning like what's that like to be going through that right now yeah, with your was, body when in March well, I was supposed to fly to Germany March 15th so I was trying to develop that um, time zone change during that time and then like once you stick to it you start to create it so you're not like screwing yourself over when you're in Europe and it takes you at least a month to adjust it's easier when you go there for a week, you can sleep through it, but then you start to feel the lag after for the month. And then after that, you're fine for the next four or five months. It's just a matter of getting your brain to say, Hey, this is the time, not this time. It's just mentally fooling your brain that tells it that it's this time and not that time. If that makes sense. Yeah. And, and kind of going off of the, uh, just like the whole different country and uh, language barrier we're talking about. Did you, so are you, have you learned some German or some, some Irish to kind of blend in over there or very, very <laughs> little bit, but luckily the, both the countries speak English. Oh, there you go. There yeah. you go. <laughs> and Google, Google translation also helps a lot. Oh yeah, that's true. Use technology, right? Yeah. So I got to ask, is the, is the beer a lot better over there? In I mean, you're Ger- in season, so you're probably not drinking as much beer, but you know, yeah. Well, they, they drink, they like to drink after the games. And then okay. The rest of the week to prepare. They celebrate when we win. Oh, I love so, that. Yeah. More incentive to win. <laughs> yeah. Have you been to Oktoberfest out there, Mitch? No, I haven't yet. Oh. I would want to go. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully this year. Where's there your you Where's go. your I'll say, Where's your favorite spot that you've been to in Germany? Because I'm sure, right, you've been doing like a lot of like, well, not sightseeing during the season, right, but just naturally you living there, like you're going to see some pretty cool stuff. I'd say. Uh, Heidelberg. It's and, very okay, so, original castles there. It's like built in the side of a mountain. And then like there's so much history in that whole town. Like you can go hiking into the mountains, just walk around. Oh, that sounds awesome. And then you, can, <laughs> you get up into the high in the mountains, you look out and you see like cities, other cities. And it's just a whole straight like plain. That sounds just like Yonkers, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's awesome. And, and like, how much, like, when you look back on your career, are you like so thankful you had this opportunity to go over there and play? Yes, always, always thankful for being given a gift to be able to play a sport that you love and also can spend the love for. I think what's really cool is, like you said, over in those countries, baseball is not as you know, part of their, their uh, culture as it is here. So you're kind of in a way like pioneering that for them and bringing over the American pastime, which I think, I think is just phenomenal and great, especially for the younger generation over there. Yeah. They'll always remember you, you know? Yeah. And then they also have, they start to learn it their own 
style way, which is pretty cool of how they learn it on their own mm-hmm. and figure out their own successful works for them. Yeah, that's cool. You know, it's funny too. This was one of the questions I saw earlier and I feel like I didn't get to it to ask you, but it's a great one. You talked about earlier, like the difference between the German fans and like how the culture is over here. Mm-hmm. What happens if you lose? Do they get pissed off over there? Like, is that a thing? Oh, or yeah. No? Very, very pissed off. It's like, really? It's like losing the World Series. Like, losing. <laughs> like, they treat every game as a playoff game. Like, every game matters, and it does. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, Zach, every maybe we should just move to play. Germany. Good beer. Yeah. They, they live and die by every game like we do. Yeah. This is that, great. Yeah. Mitch, and you're talking to two people who yell over a video game every weekend. Oh, well, oh, so yeah, I was about to say, so like, how does it work with like your traveling there and like every, like with like when you're on the road, like with like how I guess the league set up and like the ins and outs of, because right, it's not MLB, right? Like, so I guess what's it like over there playing in a league like that? Well, we play on usually either Friday nights and Saturdays or Saturdays and Sundays. And it's like the first game is just as much pressure as the second game. There's the pressure there, but it's a matter of how much you can handle it. Mm-hmm. And they have the same thing. Like you're not producing, they're bringing in the next guy. So it's it's just as cutthroat as any ball. So your job's always on the line in in a sense. But they they try to keep the team same as much as they can. Mm-hmm. For that kind of that, and that, that have a faith. That, yeah. So that's that's cool. I, I didn't know it was only on the weekends. So that's kind of like how it is for football season for us. How we put so much of our energy into one game of the week, yeah. one day a week. It's how it is for baseball over there. Yes. Wow. That I love. That. I was about to say it's like football. Like love this. Like oh yeah. You know, <laughs> Zach. I don't know. I'm not gonna like go on my football stuff, Mitch, because you don't. You don't. I'll spare you that. You know, if you're up. It's just up late for you. Don't. You don't need to hear that. No, but I, I, I guess my other question with with playing in there is like, so what's what how what's like you talked about setting goals? What's your next goal? My next goal is to get signed to a affiliated. But I also have in winter, I either play trying to play in Australia or Mexico professionally. I think that that's so cool. You're kind of just internationally chasing the dream, you know, and and that's that's what a lot of people, younger players, don't realize, you know, and it's it's refreshing to hear and, and see that. Yeah, and well, I'll, I'll add to that. It's like, so Mitch, I guess my, like, it's so cool when you get it, like I said, you got to go through all and see all those cultures. Like, what's the coolest um, cultural, I guess, difference or something? Like, if you came back to the United States, you're like, guys, they're doing this over here. Like, why we're not doing that, I don't know. But, like, something something along those lines. Uh, and baseball-wise, uh, ba- baseball here is way more advanced than anywhere in the, the world. But besides probably Japan, Japan has – work ethic that can't touch anyone else's really i, I haven't played in japan, japan but i know people that have and they it's literally a full-time job for them they wake up at 8 a.m on the field practice all day till three o'clock and then game time at five or seven and then they play a oh full game god. and they do it every single day are you serious <laughs> oh my yeah. god their, their work <laughs> ethic is their work ethic is on point and I guess so when that's another question I had with, with everything you'll hear, especially with like prospects and stuff in the major leagues, you'll hear, Oh, they went to play in the Dominican league or something like that. Like in the winter time, yeah. is it normal as a professional baseball player? Like, are you usually playing year round? Like in, if, in not one league, another. 
Um, in my personal opinion, I think people who are still developing and growing shouldn't be playing all year round until you're at least like when you're fully developed. They say you peak at 25, 26, 27, and your body is fully grown and filled in, you should be able to play all year round and be able to throw all year. But I don't know. That's my opinion. It could be scientifically different. I've seen people pitch from winter to summer, winter, summer, and never have a problem. Some people do. It all depends on the athlete. Yeah, I couldn't imagine throwing throwing the hard ball all year round without my arm falling off. So yeah, yeah. That... Zach so and I do... played about ten tennis baseball games a summer, and our arms would be falling off. You know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> wiffle ball Wednesdays were. Uh, yeah, were yeah, rough. exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Zach. Go ahead. We we're gonna say though. No, I was I was just gonna ask, uh, kind of again from like a training perspective. So is are the tornadoes allowed to kind of give you like an at home program for you to work with, or is it kind of you run with it and do what you got to do? yourself uh, they have one of the players on our team julius and he provide is trying to provide the youths as well there a development program and he's born in germany but has a military father and a german mother so he's been in the states has trained in the states as well and he's came back to germany he's living in germany and developing kids and programs there for baseball and training wise. That's so cool. I still can't get over just how like, it's almost like the 1920s in America, baseball, how it is over there with how it's still kind of developing and being, you know, a big sport for the fans and kids over there. That's how I, yeah, yeah it, that's a, such a cool concept. But a lot of stadiums are almost double ace feeling mm. like, there's one field in Regensburg, which is like the European MLB spot. And they played the World Baseball Classics there. And it's literally a legit stadium. You get get live on TV and stuff, like mm-hmm. on their, their TV channel. They have, uh, what you call it, the club boxes up high. They have those. Yeah, sure. Have like legit seats and everything. It's a legit stadium. They have legit stadiums there. And then there's new stadiums that they're building to meet that standards as well that fit close to 5,000 people. Well, here's, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause I was kind of curious. My next question was going to be, you know, we're, we're from Philadelphia. So there's a little bit of a, is it barbaric? Is that the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, a little, a little something, something in the veins, you know, for, for the sports world. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever gotten into, um, you know, any brouhaha's or not brouhaha's, but like any, verbal or anything with a with a fan out there they basically are there any lunatics like us here out there when you're like walking off like you ever get booed like things like that like any crazy fans out there any crazy fan stories yeah there's fans you just ignore them the worst one i've had was in high school i was playing at lincoln high school in coney island and one of the fans or students screams out uh dye your hair cut your head off Like, oh, During geez. the game, I, like I came in in the last inning, and then I was just throwing gas. I shut it out, and then all their fans like shut up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Did you get a hot dog afterwards there on Coney Island? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
that that's the most southeastern Pennsylvania question that I could have asked, you know, being up you know, but um <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny. I wish if there wasn't a social distancing thing and and if there wasn't, you know, 200 miles in between us, I would love to see you just like strike us out, like us just get in the plate and do a video and like just just see it. <laughs> Especially I'm a left-handed hitter, so like this would be you would you'd be doing that, just yeah. toying with me, you know. <laughs> it would have mattered because you could have you could be right hand you could be left-handed throwing to your right hand, you still strike me out. But yeah. <laughs> but I mean, do you ever do you ever have that any friends or anything like ask you that? Like just like throw to them or like do you or even actually maybe to make it a more serious question? Anyone you know, like any friends or anyone like that might be trying to get to that level and says, Hey Mitch, you mind like throwing to me a little bit so I can see some pitches or like anything like that? Last off season, I was, th- I uh, reached out to one of the hitting coach called Coach Ferber. And he has his own like team called the Real Ballers. And then I was throwing to his 13 year old, still like get my work in, throwing 70%. I was dicing them all up. All the parents are there. They're like, yo, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like I was just humbling all the kids, but the kids wanted the competition to like hit off of me. They wanted, they, they were having that drive in them come out to like, I want to hit this kid. It, it can only make them better too. Right. The more yeah. pitches they see, if, you know, if they're not as experienced with, with trying to hit a curveball, you know, it can advance their game too. So that's the only way you get better. Yeah. Cause you face people that are older and more wiser than you. To be the like best, you gotta be scene. the best, right? I was gonna say it reminds me of that scene in the rookie with with Jimmy Morris with the high school kids, and they're they're asking him to pitch to him, and then he just starts striking them all out, and then hey, they win districts, right? No, but I, I'll let me ask you. So, life after baseball, right? Have any interest in like being a man, like coaching, managerial stuff, or like like anything, um, like like you know, we're looking when it's all said and done. What like what would be something you want to do after baseball? Um, I'm not really sure yet. There's like so many options up in the air. Like maybe go back to school, try something new. Like I don't know yet. Like I'm just just all up in there. Maybe go coach yeah. something, create create my own team and organization, build it up. Maybe stay in Ireland, live there because I really loved Ireland, mm-hmm. and just live there and hang with family over there. Um, I really don't know yet. So uh, I just there's yeah, just so just- many options right now. Yeah, just see where it takes you. Yeah, free flow, right? But everything, everything's on pause right now. Yeah, so yeah, it is. Yeah, development process is uh, a little slower now. Well, I was gonna say this is probably a cheesy question. I don't mean to like put you on the spot with this, but right, if there's any like young kids or high school kids or anybody, right? They're kind of in this like we're all in the same boat from from a universal standpoint. But right, as a pitcher or something from a baseball player perspective. Is there anything you would recommend? Any tips? Anything for kids that might say, like, I'm trying to get better at my game right now, but obviously I'm not in the same environment as normal. Like, anything mm-hmm. that you would recommend to them? Uh, There's one player who played in the bigs for 10 years, Eric Burns. People probably seen him on MLB Network. Uh, I've met him, and he said to long toss every day in your arm would be good. Like, most Latinos long toss every day. You'd see Vladimir Guerrero, who had a phenomenal arm. Mm-hmm. He would long toss and throw the ball 350 feet from foul pole to foul pole, almost 400 feet if you think about it. But long tossing, and it's a matter of how you long toss it too. You have to keep the same form and mechanics. You can't just like use max effort like people who are trying to lift as hard as they can. Like You have to keep the same mechanics and build into it and lose the ego. 
That's great insight because see, for me, when I think long long toss, I just think throwing the ball as hard as I can. Yeah, and, and how, no, how no far and hard and far as as you can. Right. Yeah, we're yeah. playing jackpot or something in the yeah. backyard. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, so Mitch, I got to ask you some some non baseball. Well, actually, here's a here's a baseball question for you. Are you big league chew or double bubble? I have to go with the uh, big league chew. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. I remember Little League throwing that in my back pocket too. There we go. And uh, what should call it? Uh, big seeds. What's the jumbo seeds? Huh? No, bigs, bigs, bigs. Oh, okay. Not David's. Nah. Really? Okay. Almost just original. Original nachos is good David's, but the rest of the flavors are bigs. See, all right, I'm learning something. Good to this know, is going to be yeah. a hell of a softball season for us. <laughs> Joe G, get back right for the seeds, baby. <laughs> oh, my roommates. This is – oh, you, you actually – well, um, would he know my roommates? Uh, I know they no, know Ryan. His, his brother, yeah, Ryan, yeah. So both my roommates went to, to Penn State Berksmith, so that's just, it, it's, it all comes full circle. That's right. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, it all comes full circle. Um, <laughs> but, no, this is great. We know you got to get to bed, so we really appreciate you jumping on. Uh, but I'll tell you, let me ask you this. So for, for, we want to obviously keep following you and, and I would say, hey, well, you obviously have a seat in the living room anytime with us. Um, but right, you, you got a season to go play. Uh, so where can we follow you guys? Where can we watch um, the Manhunt Tornadoes, all that? Like to, to you, Zach and I are, you know, we're not afraid to put a wager on things. So, you know, we, 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 keep, we keep up to date with all the circuits and sports. So we'd love to watch some German baseball. Uh, if you go on Bundesliga baseball, you can follow our schedule. And then type in Manhunt Tornadoes. You can find us there as well. Um, I'm usually keeping up to date on Instagram as much as possible. So you can go, go there and follow it. Perfect. No, I'm going to use this. Zach, this is a perfect time for me to plug our own social media here. So real quick, for all the, our, our viewers right now watching, this is great too. We got I love the, the chat and everything going on. This is great. So real quick, anyone, if you want to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, it's underscore or at underscore get sidetracked. Uh, you can follow us if you're everyone's on our Twitch channel right now. So we're, they got that covered. And like I said, our website, um, you can also listen to this on Spotify and iTunes after this and all our other episodes. So, uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're coming along here a little bit, Mitch, you know, like we, we look at this little podcast, but no, this has been so great having you on. And like, this is, I mean, we've learned so much just in, especially in the baseball world. And it, like, it, it's really cool. Just like I said, to, to tap in your mind and, and understand just what's it like to be a professional baseball pitcher. I mean, cause there's, I feel like it's one of those things when people talk about, right? Everyone can pretend like in the mirror, like doing the wind up and the delivery and stuff or pretend yeah. they're in the backyard, like to, to live out that dream. That's gotta be incredible. It, it changes from college when you're getting a scholarship to actually getting paid and the, the amount of impact it has as well. Like it's more global to see a person play then you go to college or it's a student athlete it's not like mm. that's his main skill and job now like student athlete comes first student comes first in college now you're playing for a club that's paying you and wants to see your full potential and skill it's not like you have to go study for an exam or worry about a midterm like this is your main focus i don't know what the hell else you're focusing on then you shouldn't be playing here mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, that that's that's the dream right there. And uh it's exciting. We'll definitely be following you. Uh you chase it even more. So you got yeah, a bunch of fans here, Mitch. That's right. Oh awesome. yeah. Oh yeah. We're, we got a bunch and especially you know, I think I've become already a bigger Mannheim Tornadoes fan than the Marlins, just be you know. <laughs> I want I want a winning tradition, so I'm all in. <laughs> there we go. 
Perfect. Well, Mitch, we want to thank you, you know, for jumping on with us. And and Zach, I'll tell you, we'll tease it real quick. So we got our show on what two o'clock on Saturday. So we won't be That's on right. tomorrow at seven, but two o'clock on Tuesday or on. Jeez, I can't talk. Two o'clock, two o'clock on, on Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> I need the weekend, Mitch. God help me. Like, <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, we want to thank everyone what, for when listening. When is the weekend? Yeah, is today today it? anymore. Well, yeah. Fact, it's it's two o one right now in your world. I don't know when right. today is really. Yeah, let's let's get you to bed. I keep thinking Friday. Friday was Monday. <laughs> oh my God! All right, well, get get some.